definitely I would really love to be able to represent Canada at the Olympics. Yeah, I'm even probably more determined now. It just gets me really excited about what's to come in the future. Welcome to the ShakeOut Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Van Buskirk. This week on the show, we sit down with cross-country phenom Cameron Ormond and her coach, Sue Dean to talk about the success and development of young stars. We discuss the power of teamwork and how to prevent burnout, and we relive that race that cemented Cameron's name in history. Two weeks ago, Cameron Ormond of Aurora, Ontario, joined a very exclusive club. She became one of only three people ever to win four OFSA cross-country titles. OFSA, the Ontario Federation of School Athletic Associations, boasts one of the most competitive provincial championships in the country. Over the past decade, OFSA has helped to produce more than two dozen Canadian track and field Olympians. Top NCAA scouts make the pilgrimage across their northern border to scope out Ontario talent and go on to successfully recruit many OFSA medalists to top American programs. Given the high stakes and intensity of competition, it is rare for athletes to win more than one OFSA cross-country title during their high school career. Those who win two are considered standout athletes and winning four lands you in very prestigious company. Until a couple of weeks ago, only two runners in OFSA history could claim that feat, and both went on to become Olympians. Kathy Butler was the only woman to win four titles, and Kevin Sullivan was the only person to have four consecutive titles. Keep in mind that these were both back when there were five years of high school in Ontario. Since the change to a four-year system, no one had gone undefeated at OFSA Cross. Then Cameron came along. I sat down with this superstar to talk about the keys to her success. Hi, my name is Cameron Ormond. I run for the Newmarket Huskies and we're at high school. And I'm a four-time also cross-country champion. Welcome to the show, Cameron. Thanks so much for joining us. You were in school this morning. How was your day? It was pretty good. I have leadership and it's pretty easy. And then I have chemistry and math. Okay. And do you like chemistry and math? Yeah, I really, I really like math. Chemistry is okay, but I like math better, I think. Would you say that's your favorite subject or do you have a favorite? Um, I think physics is my favorite subject, actually. I don't think many people would say that. Good for you. <laughs> that was definitely not my favorite in high school. It's a challenging subject. So Cameron, you're coming off a pretty historic win. Two weeks ago, you became the first female and only the second person ever to win four consecutive offs across country championships. So first of all, congratulations on achieving that feat. That's incredible. Can you tell us a bit about the race and how, did, how you felt going in and how it felt playing out overall? So leading up to the race, like the week before, I kind of was a little bit injured. And so I was kind of nervous about the race. I, my confidence kind of wavered, I guess. And I didn't really know what to expect going in. And so I rested up, just tried to see what I could do to heal. And then um, during the race, I felt fine, like nothing was hurting. And I kind of just stayed with the pack and everyone was running really closely together. Um, and then I just kind of pulled away on the hill and then just tried to keep a steady pace to the finish. So at what point in the race did you take the lead then? It was, I'm not sure how far it was into the race. I think I had about two kilometers left. It was just a really big hill and hills are my strength, I have to say. So Wow. So that's a long way out to take the lead. I mean, that's a lot of running left. You must have been fairly confident that you could put some some time on the people behind you. It might, it might not have actually been two kilometers. I have no idea what it was, but I just did it on instinct. I didn't really know um, how it was going to play out after. And then 
like afterwards I was really tired and I, uh, I had to push through a lot. So you beat one of your rivals, Sam Ford, by about 12 seconds, which is a pretty sizable margin. And this is a rivalry that you've had sort of back and forth over the last year. What was your strategy going in to try to beat her? Um, I tried to locate her during the race and just kind of stick near her. And I knew that I was near her for most of the race on the hill. I just pulled away and I could see her still behind me um, on the road. And I just tried to keep up a steady pace, but yeah, I knew that she's an amazing runner and I, I was kind of nervous to face her again, but, um, yeah, it's, we're all competitors, but like we're friends off the course. I know that feeling. I remember being in high school and I had all of these athletes who I like would tow the start line with them and we would all have our game faces on. And then as soon as the race was finished, we'd all be hugging each other and we'd all celebrate together after. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like we're, we're such good friends off the, off the course. And so however she does, like I'm proud of her and then I'm sure she's proud of me either way. And so um, we're just there to support each other, I guess. Yeah, that's a really powerful thing. You are obviously a very mentally tough runner because you mentioned that you were a bit injured coming into this year's OFSA. I believe that that was true in grade 10 as well. You had done a lot of pool running because you had an Achilles injury. And so you, you went into that championship not necessarily full of confidence either because you'd done so much cross training. So how do you get to be so mentally tough? How do you manage to overcome that lack of confidence and go on to win these big races? I know like I'm here. There's nothing more I can do. If I'm injured, like nothing I do is going to change like my strength and my, um, like where I'm at with my training. And so I just have to heal, just try and feel good both mentally and physically. And then I just go into the race knowing that pushing myself to run as fast as I can is the most I can do. Yeah. That's a really important skill to develop, eh? Because obviously we're not always going to have a perfect setup going into a race. And I think for a lot of athletes, that can kind of break them, um, that lack of confidence, or if they haven't had a perfect lead up or perfect preparation, but it sounds like you've managed to be really resourceful and, and find other ways to get yourself psyched up and, and manage your way through a race. I just try to not to get, not to feel the pressure too much. I just, I kind of, I don't get nervous really until either the night before or the morning of. So I don't like build that up too much and stress myself out. Well, that must be a really tough thing to do because I would imagine, for instance, going into this race a couple of weeks ago, like you must have felt a lot of pressure knowing that if you could win this last cross country championship, you'd be doing something that only two other people in the history of OFSA have done. <laughs> How did you manage some of those expectations? I just said, all I can do is run as fast as I can. And I know that my parents would be proud of me either way. I honestly, I didn't feel that much pressure. I knew that I wasn't that confident, but I knew that I'd have people there for me no matter what. And I, I could just push myself and just see what I could do. I was just happy, happy to be there, I guess, um, because of my injury. So I wasn't sure if I would even get there, but I was happy. <laughs> So backing things up a little bit, less than a month before OFSA, you competed at the Youth Olympics in Argentina, racing the 3000 meter on the track. And given that that event was so late in the fall, how did you balance your preparation for an international track race with your cross country prep? I'm not sure what I would have done to change anything, but I just kept training for cross country. That was my focus. And I knew that um, the Youth Olympics were important, but it was track in October and I love cross country. And so I didn't want to like have the, that track meet kind of eat up my cross country training and cross country races. And so I just trained for cross country. And then the week before, uh, my race, 
I had one track practice with my coach from Nurmagut Huskies. And then I had one practice in Argentina. And that was all I did um, for track training before the actual race. I mean, I'm sure that that uh, endurance that you were building for cross country helped with your your 3K race um, in Argentina. Would you say that you're more of like a strength runner? I think that I like the uh, longer mileage a lot better. I just feel stronger with like when I can go hard for a long time rather than just go all out for just a short amount of time. Like I just, I enjoy the training more as well. Okay. So on that note, two years ago, there was a campaign to create gender equity and cross-country distances in Ontario. So the girls' races went from 3 to 4K for midgets, 4 to 5K for juniors, and 5 to 6K for seniors. And that change happened right in the middle of your high school career. So what do you think about these changes and how did it affect you going from 4K as a junior up to 6K in your first year as a senior under the new system? I think that it was like a really good idea just to balance it out and just to show that boys maybe maybe faster but we're just as capable as running as far as they are and we are just as strong as they are honestly it didn't really affect me that much just cuz i like i have the training it's not like it threw me off or anything that much yeah so i i think i think it was a pretty good idea to change the distances yeah and have you talked with many other young women um around your age about this like was this sort of a, a big deal while it was happening or while it was under debate I don't think it was that big of a deal for many people. I think everyone's everyone's in the same boat. It's not like it's a disadvantage for anyone. And so, um, and we're all distance runners. We all run to, like run far anyway. It's not that big of a deal if we have to run two kilometers more just for a race. So, hmm. yeah, that's a good approach. <laughs> Do you prefer track or cross country over the other, or are they different enough that you can find things to enjoy about both? I really like cross country. I just like how it's longer and. The course changes all the time, and I think that cross country teams like are a lot closer. The environment at a cross country meet is so so much fun, and everyone's so excited to be there. I really enjoy cross country a lot more. Well, they're they're totally different, right? Like cross country in my mind is like really pure because it's just you and like nature. <laughs> and then in track, obviously, you're a bit more. There are more eyes on you. It's a little bit more glamorous. Yeah, so I could see how they're they're different. But you've obviously had a lot of success at both. So as you mentioned, you've already gained a really good deal of international experience between the Youth Olympics, the Kingston International Under-20 meet in Jamaica, and the World Under-20 Championships in Finland. What have these experiences been like for you to represent your country on the world stage at such a young age? Um, You know, getting to travel, getting to explore the world a little bit. What's that been like for you? It's been incredible. Like before this summer, I hadn't really traveled that much for running and so to be able to do that, I was really excited to be able to race against other countries. And then also being on a team and being in that team environment, it was like I had so much fun and I love meeting everyone, especially on the Youth Olympic team. Um, it was all the athletes from so many different sports. It was an amazing experience. And I know it was like once in a lifetime opportunity. So I definitely wanted to do that. There's so much to be learned from those experiences, and I'm sure they'll serve you really well moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, I'm sure you're receiving tons of invitations from NCAA schools. I'm assuming you have multiple scholarship offers. So are you thinking of exploring the NCAA or staying in Canada for university? I think right now I really want to stay in Canada just because I'm thinking about going into engineering. And so I think if I go to the States, then I'll become too kind of absorbed in like the NCAA and it will be like too much of a focus there. And I won't be able to balance my academic and athletic schedules. 
And so in Canada, I feel like I'll have the pressure won't be there as much. Um, I still have amazing athletes to compete against here and I'll be able to balance my uh, schedules much better, I think, and also come home and visit families. And then I'll have more freedom to compete and train with the New America Huskies as well when I can. Um, and so I think right now I'm really leaning towards Canada. Mm-hmm. I know that all of Canada will be very happy to keep you here. So you just mentioned your strong connection to your family. How did you get into running? Are your parents runners? So my mom ran a little bit in high school and I know that she loved it. And she, uh, she continued to run like all through when I was growing up, when I was younger, like in grade four, just doing those elementary school um, cross country meets. She was always there. And since then, like she's been to almost all my meets. And I, every time, like even at office, she was just like, this was an amazing day. Like, I'm so happy to be here. I think that like part of my passion for running came from her because she loves the outdoors like I do. And she actually also does um, muscle activation therapy. So she actually was the one who worked on worked on me to um, help me get better before OFSA. She, I know she put in a lot of work to get her that course done. And she's always wanted to do that since like before I was born. And she finally was able to do it. So I'm really proud of her for that. And since then, like she's been so helpful. And other than your parents, what would you say has been the greatest positive influence on your running career so far? Um, I'm really passionate about running and my team, New Market Huskies, is an amazing team. Like everyone pushes each other. And so I really think that that helps to build my love for running like and make it really strong. I think my coach, Sue Dean, um, is an incredible coach and I don't think I'll find anyone else like her who can um, really push me as well as like not totally pushing me too hard like over the edge and so I think that um, with her as my coach she can really help to keep me healthy as well as seeing like how far I can go and how fast it can go Uh, I'm really thankful to have her as a coach and yeah she's definitely been the major influence for me. Sue Dean is Cameron's club coach with the Newmarket Huskies. As you heard there Cameron attributes a lot of her success to her work with Sue and the club. I caught up with Sue to get a coach's perspective on developing young talent. My name is Susan Dean. I now coach the high school girls at the Newmarket Huskies. I live in Newmarket myself, and I've been coaching for about eight years now. Hi, Sue, and welcome to the ShakeOut podcast. Thank you again so much for speaking with us today. So you've been coaching for about eight years. What got you interested in coaching in the first place? Well, I think of my life as a teacher, I've been coaching probably since about 1987. But uh, more competitively, when I got into the high school programs, my first experience was in elementary. And in high school, just uh, getting involved with those students. And then as my fam- my own family grew up, and uh, my daughter and son both ran competitively, I was always around the Newmarket Huskies. And as the group got larger, uh, Hugh Cameron asked me to join as the high school girls coach. And how long have you been working with Cameron? Uh, since she joined us in grade nine. Okay, so throughout her high school campaign. So you've been there for all four cross-country victories. That's correct. Well, congratulations to you both. Thank you. Most high-level athletes benefit from a combination of raw talent and great guidance. So when was it that you first noticed Cameron's talent and potential? I would say probably pretty early on in her grade nine year. Um, Even in, actually, I think I did have her in grade eight, to be honest, a little bit, um, just as she came in. But Two things stood out for me. One was her work ethic and the fact that uh, she would follow all the directions that I gave and really wanted to 
uh, be the best that she could be. And uh, the second thing probably was uh, just her dealing with different things over the years, her strong sense of determination and her ability to execute race plans, probably moving late into grade nine year. So it sounds like pretty early on, you probably had an inkling that she was going to have a pretty successful career ahead of her. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so what have been some of the key elements to capitalizing on on that talent and those skills? You know, winning offs across country four years in a row is a very rare accomplishment. There have uh, been some extraordinary athletes who have come through the offs system over the years. And yet Cameron is one of only three people to ever win four cross country titles. So um, what makes her so special and how have you approached her development to help bring that out? I think we we do a pretty good job of sitting down um in a really formal setting once a year, every December and looking at doing some both short and long-term planning. Uh, at that point, uh, we sort of set goals, um, that she wants to accomplish. And then we sort of lay out a plan of how we're going to go about that. As I said before, I think, you know, she, she's an amazing communicator. She listens well, and she follows through on pretty much what we've said. Um, we always go back and analyze after each race experience what didn't go so well and what we could do to improve the next time. The challenge for her always is in our area, she has been so strong locally that it's uh, been tough to get her some competition so that she's ready for uh, moving on to bigger and better things. And that's sort of the long-term goals that we have moving forward. Uh, that's why we felt it was important that you know, although it was going to be a busy year this year, that she accept these opportunities to wear the Canadian flag and go to the Youth Olympics and earlier on go to the under 20 worlds in track, just so that she started to have the exposure of what it's like to race in large packs of really competitive girls. Mm hmm. And so I would imagine then that um, a combination of having some of these international experiences, but also what you're describing as this more analytical approach to uh, race planning yes. might help her deal with some of the pressure too, because that's one thing that Cameron and I talked about. She said, oh, I don't really let the pressure get to me. And I thought that was really admirable, but that seems so much easier said than done. I mean, particularly this year, going into a situation where there was a lot of hype around her being the, the, the first person, the first woman to win four consecutive titles. Did you two talk much about the mental aspect and the pressure of that? We, we did a little bit. And then, uh, you know, uh, I would say World Cross was always her main goal, but certainly her, her other goal was to excel and hopefully get the golden offset this year. But leading up, into, up to it, other than the other people focusing on it, we just tried to focus on executing a race plan. And, you know, what became of that, you know, we didn't talk about trying to be that four-time winner. We didn't really talk about it specifically. So uh, it was really sort of if we worked well towards the, the goal that we wanted, that the good results would probably come because of that. Um, and although she said she she's, was not nervous about it, I think it, it plays on the back of any teenager's mind that they're, they're only human. And so we just sort of have to, had to break things down and, and not look too far ahead. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And, and I sort of, I tried to press that a little bit with Cameron. I didn't want to push her too hard, but yesterday she said, Oh no, I wasn't really nervous. I don't really get nervous, but I thought, well, I don't know. It'd be hard for anyone not to be a little bit rattled in that situation. Yeah. I mean, she, she is very calm. Usually at races, she's a little nervous like everybody else is. And I always tell the athletes, if you're not nervous, then it's not normal. It's you're, you're not looking forward to what's going to go on with adrenaline and things like that. But, uh, I would say she, she does have a calm ap approach about it, though, that's for sure. 
that'll serve her well moving forward, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So as you mentioned, you have two children um, who are grown now, both of whom uh, were runners. And your daughter, Kayla, ran for Wichita State University, I believe. That's correct. Yeah. And did you coach your kids? Uh, no, I actually didn't. She was with Hugh Cameron until she graduated from the high school. Okay. Do you feel that having children in track and field added to your tool belt as a coach and, and taught you some lessons that you can now transfer to the children that you're coaching? A hundred percent. I think one of the big things I've learned with my own children was that we as parents have to be the secure place for them to come to, whether the race has been awesome or whether it's been a real challenge. You know, they're human beings before they're just runners. And I think that's important. And Gammy swims at her school's swim team. She used to play basketball. That was always <laughs> a little more contentious for me because you're always worried about, you know, ankle injuries and things like that. But uh, yeah, I think, I think you just have to be able to see the whole person and not just um, them as a runner. And that's their only part of or key to making them successful. Mm-hmm. So on that note of um, taking your job as sort of a moderating presence pretty seriously, one of the concerns with young athletes who experience a very high level of success earlier in their career is that sometimes their long-term development suffers a bit as a result, either due to burnout or injury or just not being able to withstand the pressure of being sort of a young phenom. Um, and one of the things that Cameron says makes you such a great coach is that you know where to draw the line between pushing her and holding her back. So how have you and Cameron approached training in a way that will set her up for long-term success? I think we look at overall sort of mileage. Um, we've talked about the fact that there are other girls doing a lot, a lot more mileage than she is. We've tried to, you know, over the last few years, come to a, a point where she's experiencing success and, you know, her body is still healthy. It's not breaking down and just trying to temper it that way and look at making sure we don't overrace things. But yet, as I said, getting her enough exposure that she's going to have had the experience that she needs moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's a really hard line to toe, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so other than, uh, you know, obviously being cautious of mileage and, and race exposure, are there any other injury prevention protocols that you build into your plan that you would recommend to other coaches? Well, we talk about the core and strength training work, not so much lifting per se, but certainly a couple of times a week, we require that they do their own strength training. During the wintertime, we use uh, that period of, of time to build upon the lessons that they need to implement a lot of the things on their own. So we'll have flexibility sessions where we'll bring all the kids together into a gymnasium and go through those kinds of things. Um, we'll have nutrition talks. So we bring in a nutritionist or a dietitian and, and talk with the students about that. So we, we do those kinds of things along the way. And hopefully that builds sort of the entire package of what kids need to do to, to stay healthy. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing a great job of equipping them with a lot of different resources that they'll need for that overall um, health and well-being in their sport. How do you keep things fun and fresh for them as, as young runners? We really believe strongly, and I mean, and I think you perhaps have seen your experience with Coach Hugh, is that we, we've always had that feeling of team amongst our club members. And we always go away to uh, a camping trip uh, every fall to try and build that team unity and just make it fun. Um, we have a big Halloween day. It happened to fall right on, uh, on a Wednesday when we were having a workout. So all that stuff. Um, sort of implements it, you know, making fun relays sometimes even in the high with the high level kids during a cross country workout. So we look at that a lot, a lot of the travel that we do, whereas I know some clubs travel on their own, it's mandatory for our club, we travel as a team on a bus. 
to just try and build that aspect of togetherness and again, letting them be kids and have fun together. So as we mentioned, Cameron's had a lot of success both domestically and internationally already. What are your hopes for her throughout the future of her career? Ooh, that's a big one. Again, short term, our our goal was for this year to qualify for the World Cross Country Championships in the junior division, which she would still be, again, a young member of, but that was our goal there. I'm looking forward to, you know, giving her a little bit of time off in the winter and regrouping again. And then now that I'm retired, uh, perhaps trying to get her some uh, trips down to the States to get a few little track, perhaps competitions that uh, are a little higher competition before she heads, heads to nationals in the summertime. So that's really where we're looking from here. And then, I mean, we both have goals that she'll represent Canada moving forward. So I hope that she, we're in the process of looking post-secondary and everyone's kind of panicked that, you know, she doesn't automatically want to go to the States. As a Husky coach, we've had students go both American and Canadian. And I know there's a lot of controversy, but as a coach, I'm just supposed to give the athletes the information and connect them with different people and then trust that they'll make the right decision for them. Um, So she's still in the process of doing visits. And my goal is for her to get to work with a coach that's had experience and will be supportive and tailor things for the right way that she'll need them to be successful. And we have seen more and more athletes in the last few years choosing to stay in Canada. Obviously, Gabriella Stafford is one of the bigger names in that group. Um, And obviously, they've had a lot of success doing that. And one of the things that Cameron mentioned yesterday was that part of the reason she was so drawn to staying in Canada, first of all, was so that she could balance her high academic goals with her athletic goals. And then also so she could remain close to you and the Huskies. And so there's obviously real ties there. And, and I think that's, that's so special. Oh, of course. We, we talk all, we, all the time about them. And, you know, we've had, we just came off winning our, our uh, I think it was our 14th provincial championship as a, as a club. It's, it's very important to us. It's the, the, when they come back and run as a junior or as a senior, it's very special to the young ones coming up and looking, looking to them as role models. Absolutely. And lastly, do you have any, um, other than what you've already said, do you have any other words of advice for coaches who are working with highly talented athletes like Cameron? I think it's the biggest is just honestly to remember that they're, they're, st- they're children first and running is a part of their life. And obviously I want them to excel and I want to push them, but you know, it's still a small piece of their puzzle. She's looking at what she's doing school wise. And I think both her family and her are, are grounded in that regard. And that's one thing I would uh, recommend to most families is just to keep it all in perspective. Um, still have those goals. It's very important, both short and long-term ones, but you know, you, you, there's in any kind of sport as any kind of athlete, you're going to come up to roadblocks and different things that happen along the way. And, and uh, if you can still see that big picture, everyone will stay happy and, and working together towards those goals. When it comes to goals, Cameron doesn't shy away from dreaming big. The other two athletes to win four offs across country titles both went on to compete in the Olympics. I asked Cameron if she had similar long-term aspirations. Yes, definitely. I would really love to be able to represent Canada at the Olympics one day. It's always been a like dream of mine. Um, and like making some Canadian teams this during the summer and I guess this fall as well just kind of helped motivate me even more and help me gain some experience. Yeah, I'm even probably more determined now to accomplish that. It just gets me really excited about what's to come in the future. Cameron is planning to race at the Canadian Cross Country Championships next weekend in Kingston, Ontario. Her goal is to qualify for the World Junior Team competing in Denmark in the new year. 
If you're in Kingston, be sure to give her a high five or catch the live stream of all the races on Athletics Canada TV. And that's our show for this week. Thanks to Cameron and Sue for sharing their voices with us. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ShakeOut Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Music, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chat again next week. 